0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session with TBA rabbinic intern Cheva Lerman. It's good to see everybody. Uh, my name is Cheva Lerman. Um, I am one of the interns here. You can ask uh, to me to pronounce my name however many times you 'd like, I know that i have a difficult name, so Cheva is my name, and uh, i 'm excited to study together. Since tonight is the first night of Slichot, since we're observing Slichot here tonight, and, um, or one of many nights of Slichot, depending on where your family comes from, and what your practice is, uh, I wanted tonight's uh, study, or this afternoon's study, to focus on piutim, because piutim are really the heart and soul of the Slichot service, and they're something that we often uh, sing, and we often pray, and we don't often study. Um, so uh, that's going to be our our focus. So you have, you can see where we're going on the source sheet, but I'd actually like you to lift your eyes off of the source sheet first, uh, because there are, if you really need, there are three answers to this question on there, but there are many more than three answers to this question. So can somebody give me some PU team, some common PU team that you're acquainted with? And then we'll, we'll start, we'll develop what our definition of PU team is, what a PUT is from there. Elicion. Eladon, Yigdal, Adon Olam does count, yes. So you, for those of you who have not heard this term, piyut or piyutim before, these are liturgical poems. You can hear that from some of the ones that are coming out. So we're getting that trend. Yigdal, Adon Olam. I said to someone on my way here, I, said, I, I commented, oh, you're teaching on piyutim, and they said, is that this week's Parsha? Um <laughs> Um, no, it is liturgical poems, and it is anything. Here's a hint if you're trying to come up with a few more. Anything that you sing that has, say, a chorus and stanzas in the original Hebrew structure uh, is, might be a piute So, whether it's in services or in Shabbat zmirot, there, yeah. Hal and Geshem are, are inserts into the liturgy, so those would not be. Um, but think of like Adon Olam has has the stanzas, so something that has like, you know, chunks of text, and and then we repeat a chorus often, or we repeat after a leader, we sing back to them. Unetanei tokef is a pute. Is atamut. Say that one again. Atamut. Atamut. I believe so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Also, anything that you would sing in, say, if you have ever been in a place where they sing Zmirot after dinner, Zmiras, Shabbos Zmiras, um, all, a, a lot of those are pure-team, right? So, Menucha Vesimcha, Tzur Mishelo, Yaribon, Yom Yom Shabbaton, Yom Zeh Yisrael, Yom Zeh Mechubad, Dror Yikra. And we often start our Kabbalat Shabbat with a piyut, um, which is uh, Yedid Nefesh. So, so we have a few piyutim that we know from our daily and our Shabbos practice. And Unetan we've named as part of our High Holiday practice. But I started all of this by saying that this is, uh, the piyutim are part of Slichot. Right, so so slichot piyutim vary whether we're going from nusach svarad or nusach Ashkenaz if we're following the Sephardic tradition or the Ashkenazic tradition. Um, but some slichot piyut that's often uh, the that people might hear sometimes is Adon haslichot. If this is familiar to people, Adon Yep. So we'll we'll study that later. Um, El Nora Alilah that we sing in the Eila service at the end of of all of our praying, like we're, that is also a piyut for the closing of the gates. Um, Hayom TeAmzenu, another piyut that we sing often over the course of the Chagim, um, and then we have piyutim for other holidays as well. Uh, we have Adir Hu on Pesach, uh, we have Maus Tzur on Chanukah. So. Once you start looking for them, they pop up all over the place. <laughs> you know, now, you start realizing how common these are in our liturgy, even though they are technically extra liturgical, right? They are not. They are not part of our set matbeah. They're not part of our like, you know, our our ordered prayers that we would our brachot and our psalms that are usually what constitutes our tefillah. Um, but they are in our tefillah nonetheless. So the root of the word piut—it's a strange word—peyud vav tet. And it actually comes from Greek. It comes from the word for poetry in Greek, um, uh, at least according to the research of Ephraim Chazan of Arulan. And it originally meant poetry in general, right? And the first Pew team that we find. Are, very, are from our are kind of proto-Pw team that are referenced in Talmud, but we don't really see Pew team as we know them until we find one that Sadyago own references uh, by a Python. That is a Python is the person who sings or writes a piyut, Um the Python uh, Yossi Ben Yossi is referenced in um, Sadia Gaon's writings and his Sidor. So, um, so we s- are starting to see PU team pop up at least around the eighth or ninth century CE. Uh, and so, so, what, so let's see if we've settled around a definition of a PU before we go any further. Can someone so we, we know that we have liturgical poem, that there's a structure, because we talked about stanzas or repeat-after-me style pew team, um, and we know that there's religious significance to it. Um, and then what is the final definition of a pewte that all these things that we've talked about have in common? What is something that, that the, not in the content, but in the way that we experience a pewte? It's poetry, and, and not just poetry. Is, it a poetry. is it a poem you would find in a book? And just, you know, any, any old poetry book and read it? No. It's meant to be sung. It's meant to be sung or chanted together, right? Piyutim are beautiful poetry. I absolutely recommend reading them on your own just to, just to revel in the way that they use the Hebrew. But, it's, um, but a piyut is something that we can sing together and, uh, and come together around it. So that's part of why it's been so meaningful. Uh, but I'm going to turn it over to you. Why, why do you think that all these piyutim popping up all over the place, why did they go from being not a part of the liturgy when the liturgy was being set originally in Talmud into being a very significant part of the liturgy and then into other non-liturgical Jewish spaces as well? What made them so popular? What is it that a Pute gives us that maybe a bracha or a psalm doesn't? Thank you. So Ben said it gives us license to express ourselves in a way the liturgy might not be expressing. Yeah. And I'll add to that, it expresses our feeling in a language that might be, I mean, the language literally is Hebrew, but the, the way that something is framed might be uh, from a different angle, from a different time, and could be more relatable, perhaps. Yes, AJ? Yeah, it makes it easier to remember when there's a scheme, when there's a structure, things that repeat, things we come back to. You always remember right? You know, you know that verse or you know the chorus because we're always gonna come back to it. Joey? Right, yeah, so some, some PU team are alphabetical acrostics and some PU team are also acrostics by the name of the person who wrote them, right? Right, Shlomo, yeah, because it was L'chad written by Shlomo Alkabet, so he made sure that, you know, we start the first verse with Shin, for Shamor Vezachor, and the second for, with Lamed, for Likrat. So Shlomo gets spelled out to make sure that we always know that he wrote it. Thanks, Shlomo. Um, also in, um, sometimes there are acrostics that are not the author's name, nor are alphabetical, like Yadid Nefesh. Yeah. yeah, yes, each paragraph spells out the Tetragrammaton, each, each, um, uh, stanza of Yadid Nefesh starts with Yud and then Hey and then Vav and then Hey, so. Uh... So, with all these reasons, all these things that that PU team had going for it, they really uh, picked up. They became very popular around the 9th and 10th centuries, and you started singing them all over the place. There's one reason that's specific to this period that I will name that we haven't named yet, which is that sometimes PU team helped Jews dodge persecution. Um, There was a, uh, we have writings from Samuel uh, ibn Yahya al Maghrib, uh, who was a He converted to Islam from Judaism under the Persians, um, and he wrote how the Jews would sing piyutim because these were songs that incorporated pieces of their liturgy, but they weren't liturgy, and Jewish liturgy was banned at that time. So that way, Jews could get together and pray without looking like they're praying. so now we're moving into an era like the golden age of Spain. Does everyone, so the golden age of Spain was a period in which um, Spain was ruled by the Islamic empire and um, and Jews had a very specific status in Islamic law called dhimmi status and dhimmi status allowed Jews to pray so we didn't have that problem with the, that we had with the Persians anymore and um, and also were in certain ways incorporated into society there was a certain amount of assimilation so you hear a lot of uh, you hear this in the names of that time, right? So the, the Paitanim that we know from that period are Solomon ibn Gabirul, uh, Moses ibn Ezra, and Abraham ibn, ibn Ezra, Bahya ibn Yosef ibn Pakuda. all these ibn's, 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 instead of ben, ben, ben. So we know that there's a lot of uh, Arabic in the in the culture. And also one of the things about Arabic, culture is that uh, there's the musicality of the language and the structure of poetry is very popular as like a, a common, like think of instead of karaoke singing, we'd all get together just to listen to poets recite. So, um, so, so Pew team really rose to their, into their own and we started seeing different types of Pew team. The Pew team that we have for study today are also several types of Pew team. So there are some Pew teams, some liturgical poems that give praise. Um, those are often like pizmonim. There's also specifically praise for creation. So those are yotzrot, and we'll see those peppered throughout our Rosh Hashanah liturgy. Um, and then there are aslichot piutim, right? And that's that's where we're going to land. So let's turn to the study sheet, except the study sheet's going to direct you to the sidor. So let's turn to page 23. And I want you to look at l'cha with new eyes. It has many things that we um, that we know so well, that we sing so well, we think about all the melodies that we can apply to But I want you to first look at it and say, OK, what is, what is the structure here that reflects some of the things that we've been learning about Team, um, their history? Where does it fit theologically, perhaps, is one way to think about it? How is the poem structured? What stands out to you? Take a moment and read through on page 23 of, of Lev Shalom. Mm-hmm. Tell me your name. Sorry. Chaim, thank you. So just for the people on Zoom, I'll repeat some of what you said. And I think we have a microphone we can start pass There was one right here. It looks like it's disappeared, but we can pass this one. Um, but Chaim was saying that it expresses a yearning for oneness with God in a very mystical way that, um, that is not exactly what it says in the liturgy, but expresses the essence of it in a way that would be outside of the liturgy. Yeah. Um, uh, fortunately, the chadudi didn't need to be a tool for dodging persecution, at least not at the moment it was created, because it was from the 15th century in Sfat, so Jews were able to pray, but it is absolutely those things that would add a new flavor. Yeah.
1: I'm noticing two things. One is sort of a setting up of a pattern and then the breaking of the pattern at every, every verse. So, the first verse, for example, ends in Chad, 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 then Ila. And the next one goes Licha, Racha, Sucha, Chila. And then Lucha, Fecha, Bacha, Mela. So, there's this sort of this breaking of the pattern every verse. Um, and I think about the content of the verses and how the latter half is. The preponderance of uh, references to uh, Second Isaiah mm-hmm. and this sort of sense of going from... it's a sort of like history of Shabbat being with us and then uh, the hope for it to take us home.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: The focus Now it's on. Even the first line, Shamor v'Zachor, referencing Shabbat, the unification of Shabbat, and the two different, the two different words in the Oser Tzadikvod and the Ten Commandments, describing what we do for Shabbat, and dealing with the Shabbat bride, in the 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 Kabbalists and Sfat, viewing this as a marriage of being of, uh, c- connecting with, with God in that way. So it's. These PU team, and this PU in particular, is one that was very popular with its poetry and its focus on God and its focus on Shabbat and dancing out into the fields beforehand to bring in the
0: Sabbath bride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Do you want to pass this down? I think, yeah, Al and AJ, hands? Did I see hands? No? Okay. Yes, please. So typically in the
3: where it is in the service and the way we sing it, it's typically a very uplifting. You kind of want to rise up, but if you look at the content, it starts as a downer, right? You're always just like, "Don't be so downtrodden. Come on up." And which usually, if you want to be uplifted, you don't start from there. Right? You you just you, you don't just say, "Don't don't get out of the dregs," right? It's it's, it's like a reminder. You know, and it, so it has that that two-sidedness to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why, uh, and and certainly we we tend to ignore that as we as we sing it and as we think about it, and and especially at that moment in the service.
0: Yeah, and I would not claim to have one answer why the entire answer why, but I think one answer might be that it acknowledges something very, very human, right, that we sometimes also find in psalms where there's juxta- there are juxtapositions put together that allow us to encompass more of life in that prayer, in that, in that feeling. It's more honest when we can hold both the bad and the good or we can, ho- we can start looking for redemption from a low place and we don't need to pretend like we're fine.
3: Yeah, in, the, in the modern world, I think we tend to be more... We want warm and fuzzy all the time, mm-hmm. and I think maybe in there, in at the time
0: this was done, they were more realistic. Mm-hmm. That realism is good for us. Um, let's move on to uh, to Adon Haslichot. So Lekhadoi is our our gateway piyut. You know, it gets us it gets us going because we know it so well. It's good to look at it again. Uh, but Adon Haslichot is also particularly a Sephardic piyut, um, and so. This, I'm actually. Will we be singing this tonight? I'm not sure. Perhaps might we might be singing this tonight. We might be, and you know, if you don't sing it tonight, you can certainly find an opportunity over the next uh, week, and then again in the ten days after that to to sing it. It's a beautiful, beautiful Pewte. Beaut. It really, um, it really can bring you up. Um, so I invite you to take a look at it on the source sheet on page two. And the melody goes like this. Ah, don't, ah, se, le, chod, bo, che, en, le, va, boud, go, le, ah, mu, cod, do, I wish we had time to sing the whole thing, but we do need to get to Ma'ariv at some point. So um, I invite you to just take a moment to read quietly the rest of Adonas Lichot and think about how this might retain some of those features of Piyotim. But also, let's think of it a little bit deeply, more deeply, a little more personally. What would this give voice for you in this season? hmm um, can you, daniel? I see you wants to pass the mic down yeah
1: for those online, I'll repeat myself i uh, I don't know what else to say that's not on the that's not written here, but uh I just, what I can get from this is that uh, just exactly what it says here is that we're this is, we're starting that time there where we ask for forgiveness for the things we did that were wrong, <clears throat> whether To God or to other people, this is a good time to reflect on, on, um, and it's a good time to set goals for yourself for the coming year, such as uh, um, self-awareness of how your words or actions come across to others. It's hard for me to speak my am on the spot, but yeah.
0: (laughs) No, thank you. That's great. Appreciate that.
1: It strikes me that all the descriptions of God are benevolent and kind and understanding and comforting. And the only reference to, to wrongdoing is the chorus. And I think about this setting a mood of, we're entering a season where we're, we're encountering the sovereign of all things, and yet this sovereign of all things is totally different, wholly different from any uh, ruler of flesh and blood that we've encountered where we apologize to a human being because we're afraid they're going to hurt us back or we're afraid that some you know, other bad thing may happen. But God doesn't do that. God is All these wonderful things, and so there's a sort of hopefulness of this, of this dispute that uh, I think we lose sight of mm-hmm. when we are in the throes of high holidays sometimes.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't seem to be a personal... It it, it just struck me that it was in the plural and we're going to sing it together and it's... I don't know if that means it's easier to admit that you've sinned when saying we all have or we're focusing on the communal sins or whatever that means but it's not a personal... It doesn't seem to me to be a personal...
2: I respectfully dissent. (laughs) The... It's the it's the chorus, the piece of moan that is that we have sinned. But it's like it's the the paragraphs themselves are focused on an individual approach, and then they say at the end, all of us have done it. And that's what we even say, Ashamnu, Bagadnu, in terms of that communal prayer and that and that's taking place. But I view it as a as a personal uh acknowledgement of what's taking place. And the bottom line is Yes, we have all sinned before you and have mercy upon us.
0: So one of the testaments to the power of poetry in piyutim is that they've made a resurgence as part of Israeli popular music. Um, you, there's a song called Elohai by Kobe Oz where he plays actual track of his grandfather, his, his Iraqi Python grandfather, singing a piyut. And, and then Kobe Oz's music that he lays on top of that is him wrestling with his sense of God. Right. There's another example that's actually very specific to the season where, um, Tal Pelag and Yanai do a duet on, um, Kamti Be'ashmoret. And, and it's beautiful and it's, it's hip hop but it, you know the, the, the hook of the hip hop is, come to me, so it's really uh, and and they speak to that theme right they don't pick this for nothing and and so there are modern PU team i would say perhaps a modern python might be leonard cohen with who by fire right there are ways in which every um, era of jews have found their way to make poetry about about our beliefs, about our traditions, and about what we struggle with when we sit in that. And, and the question is next, like, what will, our, what will our PU team be? And who will our paitanim be? And how and where and when do we want to incorporate that into our Jewish practice, whether it's in our liturgy or in our home practice or wherever we go, where it gives voice to something that we need to say. And it gives, lets us sing it in a way that, that, that touches our kishkas and, um, and elevates our prayer.